Jim, is there anything you wanted to bring? Yeah. Um, um, you all know this, but you know that, that verse in Colossians 3.15 where it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You've all heard the Greek word, is, is umpire. I, I love that, that we've got an umpire on the inside that can that can just be that that call, you know, it's it's the ball was in, the ball was out, so to speak, it's a six or it was a LBW. Uh, this for me, this series is not about us prophesying. And uh, and we, we seem to seem to be going towards the meetings all the time. This is about us becoming a prophetic people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's again. It's cliche, but it's it's it is. I want us to have. A, I, I, how bold can you get? Thus says. <coughs> I I'm convinced, really convinced, as much as I can be on the inside, that what we're doing here is of God because He wants us to be prophetic rather yeah. than just prophesy. Do you mean in the way we walk? The and way how we, we act and do. The way we live. The the ho- Holy Spirit. Yeah. See, to be prophetic is just to be in the spirit, mm. doing what God is wooing us to do or inviting us to do, accepting, uh, living, speaking, demonstrating, all that God. I, I think these are heady days that we live in. These are the biggest days that I've ever lived in. <laughs> and uh, I think if I have any kind of discernment in history, where we are today is as far as sober and it has such brevity and weight about it. Being alive today is like massive. Uh, does that make sense to you what I'm saying mm. there? It's, it's really, and God, I believe, is pinpointing his church and his body and saying, listen. You hear that? Listen, because I've got something to say. I've got yeah. something to do on planet Earth. And guess what? I want volunteers, want and you're my choice. <laughs> now, I, I, that, that doesn't weigh heavy on me in a burdensome, or it, although it is a burden. I feel a weight of glory, a kabod, where I'm thinking, oh, come on, let's be having you. Let's be doing this. Um, you know, what I was saying before, you know, this, this thing about humility is brilliant, and it's there's a, there's a guy who wrote a book, I won't tell you his name, because if you don't like him, then the message becomes void. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he wrote a book, and he had a vision, and God gave him, and it was a big fight, and God gave him this helmet, and it was brass and shiny, and he gave him a breastplate, and it was brass and shiny, and he gave him a sword, and these leggings of armour, and you know, the whole kit and caboodle, and he was like this fighting demons. And then this angel came and gave him this tatty little vest, and the angel said, put that vest on, I'm not putting that on. And, and in the vision, he said, this is humility. This is the vest of humility. And then he, the vision goes on and he goes off. And without this vest, he would have had it. Humility is really important, but the devil is an extremist where he'll get you on pride, he'll get you on weakness in this false humility, this wussiness, this thinness, this dilutedness. So I, I just think we need to be careful with that. And I think what I was saying as well, weighing, I think... I don't want us to be frightened of encouraging each other so we'll get proud or I can't say well done or I can't say that was a great word or that hit the button. It's important that we encourage each other and uh, it's not just weighing to the sense, well, I think that might have been in or out. It's listen, we've got, <clears throat> you move on a Monday. You're thinking brilliant, Anne Evans. Uh, 
the other thing is, the results, the results of what, listen, try and fix your eyes on the results. Somebody texted me on Monday morning, they're sitting in this room today, right, and I won't tell you who it was, because I don't want them to get big-headed. <laughs> but they, the, it, this was successful on multiple levels, I'm telling you. They texted me and they said, it's me. You've been encouraging us to reach out to God. And, and so I'm on my way to work and I've reached out to God. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting upset. I don't know why. It's because of the love of God, you see. And it's because, you know, when you encourage people to do something that you feel is right in God and they do it, I don't know why, it just upsets me somehow. Um, and they were travelling to work on a train and to the left was a brand new sunset glorious sunset coming up and, and they sent me pictures sunrise, sunrise excuse me well done <laughs> keep an eye on me <laughs> prophesying part it was, a, <laughs> it was in the east and it, was, it was coming up one of them and uh, and it was gorgeous and but to the right because it was early morning was was darkness and gray and foreboding and, and basically the word was that we can't look at our past and how it was we, there's a new day dawning. Yeah. Now, they didn't know that God's been saying to, that to me for months. There's a new day dawning. And so, you know, I'm tingling now because I know that's the word of God now. And I'm getting bold now. I'm saying, thus says the Lord. <laughs> Shoot myself in the foot. So that meant such a lot to me and, and Nikki. It meant such a lot. It meant a lot because this person is actually doing what we're encouraging them to do. They put themselves at risk. They reached out to God. They saw something and they took the effort to text. Just a text. It was only a text. They didn't cut themselves or give a million to it. <laughs> but, do you see the results? So, that did a lot for me. I fed on it all day. I've been feeding on it all week. It's like, what day is it today? Tuesday. I've been feeding on it for two days. <laughs> <laughs> it, feels like, it, feels, it feels like a long time. So we have Agewell here on a Monday uh, morning, and uh, I don't know, didn't know whether to tell you this one. It was Margie Gilly. Uh, she, I don't think she'd mind. And I was talking to Margie, and you know what Margie Gilly's been through lately. And uh, so we were chatting, and everyone was doing stuff. And, I, and she was talking about how it's a time, the time of Peter's going home was perfect time for him and for her. And... Uh, she said, I'm living in two worlds with the dark of him passing and my bereavement, but I know it's a new day for me. I said, aha. <laughs> I said, aha. I said, per chance. <laughs> I've got the same message. <laughs> my, my God spoke to me this morning via somebody who texted me and I shared that picture of this duality of life of living the bright new day and this stuff and so that word has now ministered to me deeply and it's ministered to someone who I consider as a blinking star mm -hmm. uh, and we all do don't we Margie Gilly what can you say but also I believe that word is for us as a fellowship that's how <laughs> because we are in a new place, in a new day. The way the Spirit of God has been moving over the last couple of months, we have the past as it's been. And just this way, 
there is a new dawn rising over Kingsway. Did I say, can I say that? Amen. Hope so. I believe God is saying that. <laughs> and, and, and I do say, almost jokingly sometimes, thus says the Lord. Because I'm, I'm, that's my boldness and my confidence. I know where we stand today. We are betwixt worlds. We are between the yeah. past and a new future. And, and that is gone. And it's gone and it's gone. And I'm determined and I'm encouraging you to face that way. Now, that was somebody who comes to these sessions, who's reached out to God, who's took the time, who's done a text, and boom, look at the fruit of that. So I, I really want to encourage you to, to, it's worth the risk and be safe as you can. Because the results of that have just been blown me away. It's been exponential. So. And, and you can say, Jimmy, thus saith the Lord, for the word that you've received. Yeah. Because it's witnessed with yeah. you and it's been in line with what God has already said yeah. to you. So, so we can say thus saith the Lord in that, in that respect. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Uh, just then. Um, yeah, so something for you both really just to comment on really um, in terms of, sort of risk um, sort of regarding tongues. One of the things that, um, that I've noticed across a whole series of charismatic churches is obviously you've got tongues of earthly languages you don't know have you know, a vertical prayer language for, for empowering yourself in God, um, and then you also have tongues of prophecy. And something I've seen you know, quite often is that in one sense, when we gather together, we could individually edify and empower ourselves. And in another sense, gathering together is about the corporate and the body and the us and the we, rather than the individual so much. Um, but it can be both, but I, I tend to feel that there is a strong emphasis on the body gathering that, I won't say out of the way, but it is potentially more significant than just about you, in that sense, or us, individually. And what I've noticed is that there are times when in prayer ministry, for example, or when people are praising or in, in, in leading praise and things like that, is that they'll go off in, in, a, in a tongue. Now, if somebody's in prayer ministry, if there isn't an interpretation or an explanation of that, are they edifying themselves personally, or are they given a tongue, used a tongue incorrectly, or there is just no interpretation, or, or alternatively, you have situations where, you know, people are very loud with their tongues, and then how are we going to know if there's meant to be an interpretation for that tongue? I mean, I, I saw it doing once really well in charismatic churches that there was a loud tongue in the corporate, you know, in the corporate whilst we were doing things. And then it was, you know, there was a silence that was waited, and I think that was probably part of the culture of that congregation to wait because that yes. was out. Yeah. Then there was an interpretation for that tongue. So I guess the risk is, is that there are times when people can be using tongues either personally edification or prayer ministry that is risking either not receiving or being used incorrectly. And I think that's part of the culture. So what would you both say about those scenarios? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> For me, when I use tongues in a public setting in prayer, it's for the basis of trying to incline my ear to listen. Um, I, I grew up in my spirituality with an associate pastor that taught us how to, she used to say, five minutes in tongues and start listening. And the five minutes in tongues used to help me to still my heart to get quiet enough to hear what God was saying. 
And I still go by that now. You know, it's just become an active part of who I am. Five minutes in tongues with the, the ears and antenna up, as it were, and I start receiving from the Lord what it is that he wants to say. So personally, when I'm praying in tongues within a, a prayer context, that's exactly what I'm doing. But I do recognise there are times where in response to how we're being led by the Holy Spirit, it, it feels appropriate to begin to pray in tongues the, the mysteries and the oracles of God into that situation without necessarily getting an interpretation of what it is that you're praying. Certainly, you know, um, there are times also where people have given a tongue and there has been an interpretation. But I, I, for me, I don't see like a hard and fast rule in all of that. It seems to me to be uh, quite fluid in how uh, we, we, we all do it, really. And I, I don't really know how to answer it any. I don't even know whether I've answered it properly for you. But uh, certainly that's been my experience of it. It seems the body. to me you might have answered your question in the sense that culturally, I don't know whether we've lost some of this uh, uh, gift of leading or whatever. And maybe part of this, and, and maybe ongoing teachings of this, we need to teach what it is. Because I wonder whether people have had a tongue and, and not understood it or not known. So they've not they just prayed out and it's like but it was a tongue but if, it, if they'd have had boldness in giving it out it, there might have been an interpretation there mm. sometimes I've sat next to people who they just speak loud yeah <laughs> uh, I have heard here once and it's the same too Jim Wallace speaks and there's a silence and then Lisa answers and you yeah. can almost see syllable by syllable she is answering him in English but he's spoken in tongues and that's the only once I've ever heard it. He's done it a few times and she has, but I've never heard anybody else speak out and get an interpretation. I think, I think you're right, there isn't a hard and fast rule to it, but it's something that I kind of wanted out there just to consider in this forum really, because you don't want to have somebody giving a tongue too quietly that is actually meant for as a prophetic word that's meant to have an answer yeah. in the body. Neither do you really want somebody, you know, you know in premature not knowing that that's a prophetic or having a prophetic answer to that if it was prophetic. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's a, it goes both ways. So there isn't really, I don't think, a hard pass rule, as you said. But, but I mean, one of the things that I personally try and do is if I'm edifying myself in the congregation, I'll do it quietly. Yeah. Because that way I'm not, you know, adding in, adding like confusion. And it's because it's vertical for me. I mean, if at any point I did feel I had a tongue for the congregation, I, you know, I'd be loud. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know so it, I guess it's that culture of the practice of how to do it, I suppose, really. Yeah. Leaving space for it to operate in a biblical manner and remembering that it is in fact corporate not just individual really I suppose yeah I like when you worship and people sing in tongues yeah because that's just praise isn't it we don't know what we're saying but it's yeah. going up as praise yeah we're, we're speaking mysteries unto God we mm. don't understand what it is that we're saying necessarily but again there are times where people will receive an interpretation I know what you said that you pray for five you pray in tongues for five minutes yeah. and wait I'll do that in the future I didn't know yeah. that because no one's ever taught me yeah, I, I find it invaluable for just inclining yeah. my ear. But um, just a, a, coming back to um, public gatherings again for a minute, and I know, you know, Jimmy, I take your point on board about be, being a prophetic people is not just about Sundays, okay? So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've kind of used that as the context because I think that's what we're most used to at the moment. But um, this applies wherever, really. Um, but in our public gatherings, I spoke to Rob about how we'd like to open up more freedom within the body to use the prophetic gifts and um, we both we both talked it out and we came to the conclusion that um, 
We want the body to be able to speak when it feels led to. Um, but for, for things that may end up um, uh, you know, needing a microphone, then you need permission, basically, mm. is how we want to do it. So if you want to pray a prayer in your seat or you, know, you feel led to, to respond in praise or whatever, you go for it. And, and, but if you have a word that is for the body that needs to come through the microphone, come and run it past. Um, whoever's leading the meeting uh, or Rob or I and, and get permission again so it's done in an orderly way mm. I think that's a, a decent balance of, of having an orderly way of, of administrating the gifts but also opening up the freedom of the body ministering to each other in love mm. Do you think that um, well I, I believe this that worship is an important part of opening up And that also, I feel there is a tendency when somebody gives out a word or a tongue, we just go on to the next thing. Yes. When God says, think on these things. Yeah. And that, that's where I feel where worship and all of that comes in. It's being sensitive to know Um, yeah, addressing your point, I think you know worship is important for us in order to be able to again incline, align. You know, for me, worship is the alignment of my heart with the Lord's. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be sung worship. You know, again, I keep harping on about this, but you know, Jesus didn't grab a guitar and start playing every time he was about to minister. No, and you know, that's sort of what I'm in. I don't need yeah. sort of. What I felt in the past, when I was there at the very beginning of all that happened, we just had, the worship was the bare minimum of a guitar. Yeah, yeah. And, but what would happen was it would come in like a huge wave. Yeah. And it would carry us to like somebody uh, speaking in tongues, somebody giving a word. And we didn't know anything. We didn't know anything no. at all. And I think that's the beauty of it in one sense. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we made mistakes, but we were innocent and just followed the leading of where God's Holy Spirit read, led, you know. Um, because were you in I, revival? Pardon? Were you in revival in those early days? No, probably not. We just all gathered together, you know, David Adams was in his front room, and, you know, we would, we would sing a hymn that I 
like 26 verses <laughs> over and over and over. When I first came, I thought, you're all mad. And <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I didn't know that song when I came in, but I know by the time The more I sing it over and over, I cry. Because yeah. the words are sinking in. Yeah. I can cry. Sometimes I stop singing because I know I'm going to cry. Because I know what's going to come next. But I thought you were all mad. And when I saw you dancing and Tony, I thought, oh, I'm in the right place here. And yet now I hug everybody and I wave. I don't do much flag waving these days, but I used to be out waving flags and doing dancing. But yeah, it was only when I caught hold of the fire, but I did think it was a bit over the top of my face. I think what it did for all of us, we couldn't wait to get to me. Yeah. It was the fire that caught us, yeah. We had a ball. Yeah. I mean, we really, really did. Yeah. Because. But that's like first love as well, isn't it? I was yeah. on fire when I first came here. I'd been come from a Catholic background where it was so traditional, but I loved it. Mm -hmm. And more than that, Pat. Well, it was finding, wasn't it? But I mean, yeah, but I mean, it was more than first love. It was. It was beyond. It was something yeah. that was long. I mean, I came from a church. I absolutely should have been locked up. I came from a Church of England background where yeah. your safety was the pew in front mm. and that was all taken away mm. and they started dancing. Yeah, the freedom was My lovely. first love was dancing and when I came to Church of England you didn't get anything like that and then I thought, could you be resurrecting this in me? And I said, well, if you get David Elms up to dance, I'll do it. <laughs> Guess what he didn't. <laughs> he does now, now and again. He clearly wasn't listening. <laughs> but then the Lord pushed me. And what, what I'm trying to say really is it was such an exciting time. But it is such an exciting time as well yes. today. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I settled. Mm -hmm. I settled a long, long time ago when yeah. it, the meetings became bigger and we had a format, you know, uh, we'll have worship, we'll have the notices, then we'll have a word, and then we'll go home. Mm -hmm. I thought, I don't know why I bother coming. That's <laughs> already set out. I was part of the problem as well because I just... We don't yeah. like change, do we? Well, it's <laughs> not that we settle. Mm. Yes. So instead of becoming, you know, being pilgrims on a journey, yeah. we became sojourners. Yeah, that's mm. right. Yeah. I think as well one of one of the things um, I think I've said this to Jim. One of the things that I really miss when we're worshiping is to worship in the spirit and speaking in tongues. You know, as a part of that, there used to be a time when the whole room yeah. would be mm, speaking yeah. in a different language. Mm -hmm. <coughs> corporately, you know, and everybody would move yeah. in heaven because of what was going on in our hearts, <coughs> up and down, you know, but the whole body was doing it mm. in worship to the Lord, whether that was just spoken or sung, yeah. you know, and we just hit the roof mm. and go through it. Do you yeah. remember Dave Sapp? But, the, uh, uh, but those, were, those were amazing times, and, and I think, like Anne said, we, we settled and yeah. we became quieter and more staid. Yeah. And mm -hmm. sometimes when, when I do it, I'm hearing the sound of my own voice thinking, I wish I wasn't. Yeah. I wish the whole room yeah. was doing this, you know. Yeah. And, um, 
but there is the, and that's the space for everybody that's the, the time where everybody can speak <coughs> in tongues and it's not in the wrong way yeah yeah you know when everybody's in worship together but yeah but let's be careful that we don't try to recreate yeah. an experience yeah. Yeah. Exactly. instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. all of this, yeah. for me, is about uh, re-engaging in our sensitivity to the Holy yeah. Spirit and, yeah. and allowing Him to be the, the great conductor yeah. once right. again. I must learn to listen. Um, That's been a revelation to me. Yeah. I, mean, I, I prayed for the gift of tongues gossip and I didn't know what to do with it, so I just do it in my own way at home. Right. When I don't know what I'm... Someone says, say a prayer, and they won't tell me what it's about. I pray in tongues. Yeah, yeah. And when I'm in bed and I can't sleep, I pray in tongues. But I don't know why, and I'm not listening. But really now, you've said that. When I pray in tongues for five minutes, I will just sit and wait on the Lord. Don't get your stopwatch out. Set five minutes. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's the principle of, yeah, you know, yeah. all know. it needs is a couple of minutes. Boom, I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that we Do were trying. Do you realise that's how you could use it? Yeah. It's it's been revolutionary. Uh, really. Absolutely. Just enjoy yeah. 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 But you know, I hope that you can you can receive uh, from me that the, the desire that, that my desire as an associate pastor in this church is for the Spirit of God to have His way. Amen. You know, if we can all say Amen to that, Amen. Then I think that we've done what we've set out to do here, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, give people freedom to follow the Holy Spirit and. Um, Go for it. Yeah. Should Thank that you. freedom be portrayed from the front from you and Rob, though? Because I'll, I'll, I'll be, be honest, you would see nine or ten times, and you know it's an element of trust, Jim, you've got up, you've spoke in front, and Ethan will get up and go straight to the front. I don't like getting up, but the one time Rob chased me to get up. I was cheer of you then, mate. That's a great one. Here, well, Rob, I wasn't getting there. But on the same note, as you said, you get other people who go, oh, okay. The Lord said, I want you all to uh, put your money out for me on the way. Because we draw the line for everyone in that way. Isn't it a very easy just to not dissuade people because you don't want to dissuade them if they have got something, but then you will potentially avoid that clangor of the visitor who's just, oh, just go straight to the front, I'll just go to the front. And you then have to get up yourself and then say, look, discern as you will. But I think we can safely say that's not from God. Yeah, that, I know anecdotally that's happened in the past where, and I think one of the reasons why uh, it kind of was constrained in a way was because it was being abused. But like Jimmy said, you know, what was it? Abuse is not corrected by disuse, disuse or, misuse, or misuse, but by correct use. There you go. <laughs> so um, I, I think that over time we will find how we correctly use this and maybe it will be a bit hit and miss to start with but you know our heart is to do that is to correctly um, do this you know orderly but also with great freedom but also you know with the flip side of that is again the responsibility that we all carry when we're saying I'm, you know I believe the Lord is saying and being open then to the correction that might come <coughs> it's all part and parcel of the same thing I believe Okay. Just a couple more things just to finish off. On the notes on Jimmy's sheet here, uh, I just want to share a bit of testimony about things that we should be very careful prophesying about. <laughs> right. Who someone will marry? Oh, yeah. oh, I'll tell. I haven't had that one yet. 
<laughs> you know, uh, I, I have heard again, and it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, don't basically. So, um. I anecdotally heard somebody uh, say, um, you know, in a story that um, uh, this person had gone to their wife and said, uh, you need to divorce your husband because I'm supposed to marry him. We'll say, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, so again, steer away from that. Uh, whether someone will have kids or what the gender of the child might be, you know, again, I can speak from personal um, experience on this one, Liz and I having uh, been childless for 17 years and having adopted the amount of times really well-meaning people and really powerful prophetic people came and said by this time next year you're going to have a child and it just never mm. happened and you know and, and after a while again Liz and I we received the love uh, received the blessing of somebody wanting to be a source of hope for us but it was deeply painful yeah. deeply deeply painful so steer away from that. Um, and again, anything that can be construed as control, domination, or manipulation, that's not the Spirit of God. Okay. I think we'll uh, leave it there. We just...